welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Kyle. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, it's you know, the 4th of July weekend. It's hot, yes. Or yeah, the week we, of. And... The week of the 4th, we had a great celebration um, here where we're at. We hope that uh, everyone around the nation That's had right. a chance to celebrate. Jeff, today... We're going to get just a little bit uncomfortable. Because not, not you. Not, not oh, you. You're okay. not going to get uncomfortable. Right. I've known you for, what, almost 10, more than 10 Over years 10 now? Years, yeah. 10 years now. I don't think I've ever seen you uncomfortable. It's hard to make you uncomfortable. Well, you, you just haven't known. I have been uncomfortable <laughs> at times, but I've been able to hide it with a joke. Well, okay. Well, for some people, but probably not you, today's topic for our intro might be just a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, that's, but, that, that's but fine. Again, not for you. Not for you. All right. But it is an important one, and that's why we're just going to... Just going to go for it. Jump we're just in. Gonna do just it. jump right in. So we're going to talk about six warning signs that might be an indication that you have colon cancer. I thought that was going to be something about the colon cancer, the <laughs> you, back end, the rear end You thought alignment. that's where we were going, huh? I had well, a suspicion, yeah. So you might wonder, Jeff, why this topic. Are you wondering that? I don't because I know it's a silent killer. It, it's important, right? It is. Colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in the United States, and it's the second leading cause of cancer deaths in America of men and women combined. So it's 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 nasty. Kind of a bad one, right? People don't know they have it and they just Yeah, yeah. so it's worth knowing about. So we're going to talk about six things that are maybe warning signs. Okay. That you just want to keep a keep an eye on, right? Uh, make a checklist. Yes. So number 1, bleeding. Yes, blood in the stool is yes, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Experts say that probably the most common warning sign is rectal bleeding. If you notice blood on the toilet paper in the toilet bowl or mixed in with your stool, you need to tell your doctor. That's right. That's a, that's a big warning sign. The blood can be bright red or a darker maroon color. Um, it would generally be more significant bleeding than that that might be caused by hemorrhoids or a cut in the area. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people just don't look at their stool that's for some true. reason. Yeah, well, it's not the most pleasant thing to look at. I, <laughs> for I some reason. It but it's important to look because it you is. need to kind of know what's it going is. on. So yep. if you notice blood, don't ignore it. It, it can be a warning sign. Mm -hmm. Number two, iron deficiency anemia. Oh, so okay. when colon cancer tumors bleed, that causes iron loss in your body. And many people may not be aware that they're losing blood, but a routine blood test will reveal anemia or that you don't have enough healthy red blood cells. And that can be a warning sign. That's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that you right. have colon cancer, but, it can but be it's an a, indicator. It's an indicator. It's right. a warning sign. So that's something to be aware of. Number three, abdominal pain. Okay. And once again, every tummy ache, doesn't no. necessarily no. indicate a problem, but a tumor could cause a blockage or a tear that might cause cramps and other pain. The type of abdominal discomfort that you may experience, whether it's dull or sharp, it depends on what's going on. So okay. there's not necessarily an indicator there, but pain may be a sign that things can't pass through. And you may also experience nausea and vomiting and abdominal distension. And those are not things that you want to avoid or uh, ignore. No, and, and but... If you've got the flu, then, then then those things are normal with the flu. Right. But, yes. But so it's, so again, it's, it's, it's not every symptoms. not every tummy ache means right. that you've got a major major problem. But if you're having consistent problems, uh, abdominal pain, uh, that might be something to keep your eye on. Right. Number four, this is a good one: narrow stools. Boy, you'd just fall right off those, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> so, yes, you would. So doctors refer to this uh, as a change in your stool caliber. And if your stools are regularly much thinner than before, this may suggest a tumor in the colon. 
Watch for other changes in your bowel habits as well, like constipation. And uh, again, if you if you have questions, ask. Ask your doctor. So you're supposed to take a micrometer in the bathroom with you when you I'm go. I'm not suggesting okay. that you're supposed to do that. No. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I doubt I would take one in. Number five, an unproductive urge to have a bowel movement. <laughs> I'm getting old. That happens a lot at my age. Well, so maybe this is a warning symbol. Uh, something you need to be aware of. It's called tenesmus. It's the feeling that you have, uh, that, that you have to empty your bowels, but when you try, no stool passes, and it can be caused by a tumor that's in your rectum. doesn't have to be, but it can be. It so, reminds me of a limerick I used to see when I was a little boy, I'll, but I won't, I won't go into it I'm now. I'm sure this whole topic <laughs> reminds you of a lot of limericks, but we're going to skip all of yes, all poetry I, I, today. I, 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 I just... We're not going to go into... lots of control, yes. yes. we're not going to any poems at all. <laughs> no. I'm going to get to my last one, though. <laughs> Number six, unexplained weight loss. Now, this is always a reason. So to now consider. I'm safe. Now we know I'm safe. Okay, so now we know that you're okay. But it's always a reason to consider colon cancer or even any and cancer right. in general. Uh, if you seem to be eating enough, but that is, uh, you seem to be eating enough. Excuse me, but the disease can change the way that your body uses food and prevent you from being able to absorb all the nutrients. So, if you're eating a lot and you're you're losing weight and you can't really figure out why, that may be a warning sign. Yeah. So again, it's it's the third leading diagnosed cancer in America, colon cancer. It's something we need to be aware of, even though it's a little uncomfortable to talk about, mm-hmm. maybe embarrassing to talk to your doctor about. But but please, if if you have any of these problems, um, and you're worried about it, it's better to ask the question and, and go have your test when you turn fifty. Yes. Yeah, so that's the next part I wanted to talk about, oh, just sorry. really quickly. When should you start getting your screenings? And as you said, Jeff, you should start at about age fifty. If you're at average risk for developing colon cancer earlier, if you have a family history right. of the disease or other risk factors, and screening has made a huge impact in reducing the number of colon cancer cases, so it's important. Yeah, it's important. When I had mine done, the doctor was so proud he wanted to show me all the pictures in there, and he said, "You know, that's a vacation that you took. <laughs> I do. I wasn't there. I don't need to see those pictures <laughs> for sure." So there are different methods that are available. Talk with your primary care doctor or a gastroenterologist about which one would work for you. And you know what? Just get yourself screened. If you're That's if right. you're 50 or over, you ought to get yourself Just screened. Just do it. So, Jeff, we're going to shift gears now pretty thank, dramatically. Thank goodness. <laughs> we're going to dramatically shift gears. And that's okay because our guest today is Dr. Ron Chamberlain. He's a sports psychologist. And today we're going to talk with him about the mental game of staying active and healthy. Dr. Chamberlain has worked with as a sports psychologist at the University of Washington and BYU, among many other places. And we're glad to have you on the show well, thank you. Thanks for Th- having me. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Chamberlain. So um, we want to talk a little bit about, as I said, the mental game of staying active and healthy. But before we get into that, let's understand what we're talking about. What is sports psychology? Sports psychology is really a uh, science of success. We, we like to study what successful athletes and performers do to get themselves ready for performances and competition and and we like to teach that to other people. I, I like that phrase, the science of success. Yes. I think we all want to have oh, yeah. success, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so I like that. And, I, and I, I like the you know the scientific approach to it. It's not just hyperbole. It's not just, well, I had a friend who you know drank two Gatorades before he ran, and he won the race, so that's the solution, right? It's, it's exactly. based on real scientific principles. It really is a growing science. So... Um, like I said, I think we all know that we want to have a level of success. We all want to have success. Um, how do you go about teaching athletes to use these methods that are going to get, give them the success that they're looking for? 
Well, years ago, I, I learned a, an important lesson. The best athletes are always looking for that mental edge. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I first started working with college athletes that some of the first athletes to come through my door to meet with me were some of the best athletes on the teams. Yeah. Um, because they were looking for, they were hungry for information and, and wanted to know what they could do to best prepare themselves for, for performance. And um, uh, so I think they seek it out. You know, I think they seek it out by, by coming to meet with people like me. I think there's a lot of good resources online and through books that you can look at to, uh, to learn some of these strategies and skills. So um, I, I think that makes sense. You know, if you're, a, if you're an elite athlete and trying to be the best that you can be, you're going to look at every aspect from diet and nutrition mm-hmm. to the types of workouts that you do, your cross-training routines, and certainly your mental game, your, your uh, ability to uh, visualize and get yourself in the right place exactly. for, uh, for a high level of competition. I like to look at it as one important puzzle piece of a big puzzle. Yeah. Like you say, there's, there's lots of pieces. It's not the only thing, but it's an important piece. But I would say for most of us who maybe aren't the elite athletes, this, this is maybe one of the elements that's overlooked. Certainly. Um, certainly. You know, I, I know for, for me and my you know, meager sports experience, which is certainly not at an elite level, um, I don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to go see a sports psychologist to help me mm-hmm. run my 5K better or the sprint triathlon that I'm doing or, or whatever it happens to be. It's probably one that's overlooked. What are some things that, that athletes at all levels ought to be aware of when it comes to preparing their mental game? Well, t- to me, I like to uh, define what it means to be ready to play. We hear that phrase thrown around a lot in the sports world. And uh, what does it mean? And, you know, the more I've uh, talked with athletes and, and studied this, I can really kind of narrow it down to a few key things. One is it means to be energized with positive emotion. Okay, you know, I like that. I like that idea. So getting yourself, getting your energy level where it needs to be. So you're not too energized or not energized enough, and you're in a good emotional state. So I think that's, that's a big part of it. And then uh, beyond that, then it, then it comes down to can you get your mind focused? Can you, can you dial it in and be focused on the right things at the right time and stay focused throughout the competition? So what are some techniques that someone might employ to actually – get your mind ready and stay at that level of focus. Well, we know that the best athletes in the world, they, they have very detailed um, routines that they engage in before every competition. They don't just haphazardly go about getting ready for a game. They have routines that they've developed over time. Some of it includes how they sleep and hydrate and when they uh, do their treatments and all of that. But as far as the mental game goes, um, I think some of the key, key things that uh, I see a lot of athletes doing are um, doing some relaxation, mm-hmm. um, some visualization or imagery um, prior to performance, positively programming their mind by uh, using positive self-talk to remind themselves why they're ready to go and, and why they should trust their training. And so I think those are some of the, the major things that I see. Um. I like I like all those things. I think that those can be so important in, in getting yourself ready to go. Um, how do you go about relaxing yourself? Because it's you know you're getting ready for the game. Yeah, you want to you you are amped up. You're nervous. Yes. You got all that adrenaline. You got all that energy. How do you go about achieving the state of okay? Now I'm mentally ready. It's a great question, and I think one thing that uh, is really important is you you develop this skill before the competition itself. 
If you just wait until competition day and then you say, I'm going to get myself relaxed. <laughs> Ten minutes before I luck. step onto the field of competition, I will relax exactly. myself for the first time ever. That's not going to work. Exactly. So we, we teach athletes you know, to, to uh, create a relaxation response where they can get their body relaxed and their mind calm. And generally, the, there's two things that, that I have found most helpful. One is just simply going to your breathing. Call it mindful breathing. Okay. So where you, you focus on yourself inhaling, exhaling, really dialing it in, letting that be your, your focus. And then if your mind wanders, just notice that it's wandered and bring your, bring bring your back. focus back to your breathing again. And I think once you can get good at that and you stay focused on your breathing, that's kind of a natural way to relax. The second is, is muscle relaxation exercises. And you can do the, the tightening and releasing of muscle tension uh, systematically through the body. Throughout your whole body, starting at the top. And, and, and I right like now. that to some degree. For me personally, I prefer more the uh, body scan method where we just kind of focus on relaxing your face and head and then just systematically moving through the body. Next, relaxing your neck and shoulders. So you don't have you don't have to tense up yeah, first. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to tense and tighten. Okay. You just focus on, on noticing and letting go of any muscle tension in those parts of your body and just kind of run through the whole body. And again, if you've practiced these skills, you can get a relaxation response within a, a minute or two yeah. that will be really helpful for you and kind of take your mind off the performance anxiety that a lot of athletes experience. Yeah, I think most of us experience to some degree a little Certainly. anxiety, a little, a little nerves, a little bit of uh, butterflies. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with sports psychologist Dr. Ron Chamberlain. We're talking about getting mentally ready for the game, and uh, we you know, we were just talking about that, the important element of relaxation. I think that plays such a, a vital port, part in getting ready. You mentioned earlier uh, the concept of visualization. I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell us what that means and how, how you would employ that in getting ready for the game. Okay. You know, one of the, one of the things I, I enjoy about, I call it imagery rather than visualization because we want to use all of the senses we can. So what do you see? What do you hear? And especially for athletics, what do you feel? The kinesthetic feelings that you have, the movements, um, and then the emotion as well with that. So, so try to keep it simple. Um, you know, I think one of the best ways you can use imagery is to think back to past performances where you performed well or past practices where you had a really good practice. Yeah. And to kind of recreate that experience in your mind where you see it, you feel it, you re-experience it. Um, that has a, a natural way of, of boosting your confidence. Um, so I think that can be really helpful. Another use of imagery that I think is, is uh, very common is, is projecting forward to the upcoming performance. So thinking through, okay, what are my keys to success in today's game? And kind of picturing yourself being that athlete, that performer in the upcoming performance. So you... you Hitting the shot. Exactly. So, kicking the field yeah, goal. Yeah, exactly. So golfers, you know, before you, you know, as part of your addressing the ball, you picture yourself executing the shot that you want to hit. Or like you say, you know, it could be the, the pitch or the making the basket or whatever it is. But I think that's, that's really what, it, what has been helpful is we're programming our mind for success. Mm -hmm. We see it and feel it. We're more likely to experience it. Now, do you think it would be helpful if you're trying to learn a new skill or a new something with your sport to mentally go through that before you ever try it? Think, okay, now this is what this if I have to. This is what this my body should feel like. This is what my motion should feel like. This is what if I'm doing it, executing it correctly. This is what it should feel like. Uh, that, that's a that's a great way of of teaching, and I think really good coaches do that. 
They like to demonstrate for their athletes what they want them to do and then have them actually visualize it or picture themselves doing it before they, they engage in the behavior itself. So now you've seen it uh, imitated, modeled for you. Then you've experienced it in your own mind and body. And then you actually get to go and, and execute. And execute. Exactly. Get, get the job done, right? Get it done. So do you have any uh, examples, success stories, where, where maybe you've been able to help an athlete or a team um, you know, go through these exercises and actually achieve success? Yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's multiple stories I could tell. I, I think one that kind of stands out to me, and it goes clear back to when I was first in introducing, uh, introduced in this field, um, I had a, a swimmer that had had some issues with false starting from ah, the, the previous season. Which is a problem if you're that, a swimmer. That, that was a big deal. <laughs> you it, get disqualified for exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what had happened to him the previous year. This swimmer had had uh, false started in the, the, the conference meet and uh, was disqualified. Wow. All that work, the whole season leading exactly. up to it, and it's exactly. over. Exactly. So now oh, we're into the next one. season when, yeah. I, when I had him in my office and – and he was struggling early in the season with slow starts because he was he was, he was waiting too long. Yeah, and so that's not good either when you're, uh, you know, success is determined by milliseconds. Yeah, so, yeah you're starting behind everybody. <laughs> exactly. So, so for him, you know, we did a lot of the relaxation training, but but imagery was an important part of it. You know, so we would we would walk through what the actual start of a race sounded like, and we would I, I put it on a. Back then, this is old times when we had cassette tapes. So we had an imagery script that he listened to on his cassette tape. <laughs> I still have some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, so we went through that, and he practiced it, and the imagery uh, uh, made a difference for him. So it was, it was good. And he was able to have some level of success. Yes. He was able to, to, to relax at the, at the starting blocks and then get off to a, a more normal reaction when the the beep went off. So Excellent, yeah. excellent. So let me ask you this. Um, what, what's, what's maybe the biggest piece of advice that you might tell a Huntsman World Senior Games athlete or a senior athlete that's uh, you know, coming to compete, whether it's here or somewhere else? What, what do you think is the most important thing that they could put into practice or just remember as they try to be their best that they can be at their level? You know, I, I think uh, we, we had a great opportunity to learn a, a valuable lesson from Coach Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors this past uh, NBA playoffs. Yeah. He kept emphasizing with his team over and over, play with joy, enjoy the journey, trust your training. I think those are the things I would like to, to encourage athletes to do. You've trained hard. You've prepared for this opportunity, this experience. Now enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Allow yourself to just go out and do what you've practiced and uh, and the outcomes will take care of themselves. That's uh, that's good advice, especially if you're coaching the Golden State Warriors. Exactly, <laughs> and they have millions of dollars to enjoy their time <laughs> to with. Enjoy yes. their time with, right? <laughs> well, I, w- I want to ask you. You competed as an athlete years ago uh, in, yes. in college. Uh-huh. You had a chance to play basketball. College that, basketball, correct? yes. So, um, were you able to employ some of these techniques, or did you learn after you were kind of? Um, uh, you know, off the off a, the field. a little bit of both. Okay, I wish I had known then more. what I know now, <laughs> and been able to apply it. Um, but that's part of the reason I went into this, is I, I feel like I was one of the many athletes who overthought, yeah, and, and tried too hard, thought too much, and and underperformed more often than I would have liked to, yeah. especially at the college level. 
And so uh, that's that's part of what launched me into this this field is is I wanted to learn how to help athletes like myself to be less cognitive and more engaged in yeah. what they were doing when it was performance time. Awesome, awesome. I love it. So it sounds to me like just if I could summarize really, really quickly, certainly, um, a positive mental attitude is really important. Relaxation so that you can get your mind and your body set and ready to go. Imagery is a powerful tool. And whether that's thinking back on previous successes or visualizing into the future. Mm-hmm. And then um, I loved, as you said, play with joy. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Very, very cool. Well, Dr. Chamberlain, thank you so much for joining us. That's uh, that's about all the time that we have today. Well, thanks for having me. But we uh, appreciate you being here with us. Thank you. Jeff, I want to emphasize, as I always do, that now is the time to register it is, for the it Huntsman is. World Senior Games. It's the time to get it done. It's easy to do. So far, we've registered about 6,385 athletes or so, give or take R- a few. Roughly, yeah. So we're well on our way. We are. And if you are... A pr- planning on participating in the Huntsman World Senior Games, you do not want to delay because some of our sports are closed already. That's right. And you don't know when your sport, your favorite sport, might reach its participation cap. So now is the time. Registering is very easy to do. All you have to do is head over to www.seniorgames.net, click on register and follow the prompts and be a part of this year's Huntsman World Senior Games. That's right. Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And here's an inspirational thought for the day, Jeff. A river cuts through a rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. Yes, yes, yes. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.